Father, we thank you this morning for your son. We thank you for our Savior. We thank you that whatever love touches, love changes. Thank you for changing our lives. Thank you for delivering us. Thank you for making us whole. We've come to worship you. We've come like the wise men. We've come to follow that star. We've come like the shepherds who had no purpose in the field. But we've come to worship you. Our lives belong to you. Thank you for changing us. Thank you for making us whole. Thank you for blessing our families. Thank you for watching over us. What a joy and an honor to serve you. We are here for your, for your glory. We are here for your kingdom. We are here to honor you. Bless our time this morning. In Jesus' mighty name. We all agree and say amen, amen and amen. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Luke chapter 2 verse 25. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples. A light to bring revelation to the Gentiles. A light to bring revelation to the Gentiles. And the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at these things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will, will pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Now there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanil, of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age and had lived with her husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years. 84 years, which did not depart from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. So when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own city Nazareth, and the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Isaiah 9 and verse 2. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. The people, give me the next verse, you have multiplied the nation and increased its joy. And increase his joy, they rejoice before you according to the joy of harvest, as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For you 
have broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, as in the day of Midian. You, for every warrior sandal from the noisy battle. You know there's a lot of noise going on across the globe. And garments rolled in blood will be used for burning and fuel of fire. For unto us, not unto them, unto, say unto. So there, if there's an us, there must be a them. Who is a them? For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government, the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government. Please pay attention. And peace. There will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. I want you to know that the promise that God made to Adam and Eve that a seed is coming into the earth, God held unto that promise for 4,000 years before the New Testament starts and he delivers on his promise. At the time that Jesus is born, Rome as an empire, the Roman Empire, is flexing its muscle across the globe. Rome is making demands. Wherever they walk into any nation, any city, they take over. They, they ran for about a thousand years, started about 752 BC, before Christ was born. Here comes this kingdom, the Roman Empire, and what it's doing is different to what other kingdoms have done. Because when other kingdoms were raised, the king, to show off his strength and his muscle, he would go into a nation, strip them of the best people and the goods, and bring it into their kingdom. That's why Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were brought into this kingdom. Not with the Roman Empire. They followed a different pattern. They would have king up in Rome, and the king would send governors into different regions. And they would go and they would change the culture, change the language, and deal with the people in, in changing the way they operate to honor the king. God says, I'm going to use, they finally found the model of the kingdom of God. That means God in heaven would be able to empower people in the earth, come into a nation, and he would then influence that nation because that's how kingdom things work. The important thing for you this morning to understand that there is this government that everybody feared at that time. This government was ruthless. I mean, they would just walk into a nation, just kill anybody. This time round, Mary's pregnant with, with baby Jesus. And even in this, they're making a demand that everybody go, goes home to their own hometown to be counted because they wanted to show the number of people under their control and because they were just flexing their muscles again. And as Joseph has to go to Bethlehem, um, he, because he's from there, he now, um, there's no room in the inn and we know the story. And so God establishes his purpose in this. But here's what's powerful. 752 years before Christ is born, here comes the Roman Empire and their strategy. 700 years 
before Christ, the silver-tongued prophet is born, and his name is Isaiah. And Isaiah says, 700 years before, while the enemy is plotting and planning to take over the world, bring in a new world order and vaccinate the people, here comes a prophet, and his name is Isaiah. And he's saying, unto us a child is born. Come on, somebody. For unto us a son is given, and God's going to bring in a new government upon his shoulders. I feel the anointing in this place. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace, and Everlasting Father. That tells me that even while the devil is plotting on one side, God's got prophets on another side, and they can prophesy into a nation. Don't you ever believe the lie that God has not concerned about your situation, that God doesn't know what's happening in the earth? I don't care if it's the Roman Empire or the New World Order. I'm telling you that there is a government from the kingdom of heaven that cannot be shaken, that cannot be stopped, or of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Doesn't matter what's happening around us, doesn't matter what government thinks, that they can vaccinate people and change people. I hear the Lord says, don't compromise, don't back off, don't back down. This is the season for the roar. Are there sons and daughters that can give a good roar? I know it's Christmas. I know it's supposed to be gentle Jesus, but there is a roar in the house of God. I need somebody to begin to believe the Lord, your God, and you shall be established. It's a new season. And I'm telling you, as God made me lay down, as God let me rest in this last two weeks, God said, son, I'm raising up a lion inside of you. Oh, Kashe, the, the righteous are as bold as a lion. It's time for the church to roar. I'm ahead of myself one week. New Year's, we will come back on that one. I just wanted to let you know, that it doesn't matter if it's the Roman Empire or if it's the WHO. I don't care about their vaccinations and their plan because God's plan is going to supersede any plan of the enemy. My God, God's got a man prophesying 700 years already and saying, The answer is coming. The answer is coming. I want to say this to somebody this morning. Don't you quit on God because the answer is coming. Don't you ever believe the lie that God doesn't. He sits high, but he looks low. God knows everything, every move of the enemy. And while the Roman Empire was growing strong, here comes King Jesus born in a manger. Here comes little baby Jesus. Do you know that that is when the Roman Empire fell? Ah, he's got people interceding, man. He's got Simeon who says, after all these years, I'm been in the temple. Now I can finally die because the answer is here. He's got a woman that loses her husband, but she stays 84 years in the temple interceding to bring in the final push. I know that some of you are under pressure in this season, but I've come to tell you that there are people that are praying for you, and you're going to be, everything's going to be all right. Come on, somebody, I need you to get encouraged this morning because you are not by yourself. Just because you cannot see anything doesn't mean that God ain't working this thing. God is working His thing. His kingdom is never end. Come on, somebody. That tells us that spiritual things controls natural things. That means I can stand in Johannesburg and I can pray for you in France and I can pray for you in New Zealand and I can pray for you in the United States and I want you to know something that there are people that are interceding. There are people that are not quitting on this thing. There are many people that think that the devil's got his way. I've come to tell you that the earth is rejoicing because there are sons and daughters that are rising up in this hour. Glory. So, we try to explain the year of the opening. 
And when you're prophesying, you know, we're seeing through a glass dimly. We prophesy in part. And the year of the opening, this is what the Lord spoke to me. He said, son, the only thing I did in the year of the opening was open up your eyes. Some of you for the first time out begin to see what the world is really like. You, 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 for the first time, you're finding about the new world order. You're finding about these, these, these rich families that are controlling the globe. You, you, you're beginning to see the, the wickedness of communism. You begin to see governments that are failing. You begin to see how wicked people are in power. Are you beginning to appreciate the kingdom of God more and more now? Because all God does is He opened up your eyes in 2020. He gave you 2020 vision. Because Moses is raised up in Pharaoh's house and his system. And for 40 years after that, he holds on to a system until God opens up his eyes to show him the wickedness of what he's holding on to. That's all God did this year. He opened up your eyes to show you that the company that says they love you so much and like you so much, they actually don't care about you. The government that you claim is so ordered in South Africa and Africa, they don't care about you. This was the year of the opening. And so this morning, quickly, I want to just release this that God gave me for you this morning. The title of my sermon this morning is, Four Gifts on a Tree. Not under the tree, Four Gifts on a Tree. And I want you to see that this morning. Because anytime you look at Christmas, so many people speak about so, so, you know, you can turn that off. You can, people are, are so consumed with what's under the tree. But you're missing Christmas altogether. If you thought it's about dips under the tree, he came to hang on a tree. And any time you don't understand that, you miss the meaning of Christmas altogether. People say, well, he wasn't born in December. We know, scriptures, I mean, if you study it, you'll find out that Mary actually conceived during this time. Maybe Jesus was born about, around about August, nine months later. We know that the world system is used, you know, changed the calendar because it was cold and people wouldn't go out to shop. So they shifted Christmas Day to winter so people can go out and created a whole celebration around it. That's what they did. We understand that. Don't get caught up of when he came and miss why he came. These people like to argue the same stories every single year. Good arguments, but useless in their relationship with God. Let me explain to you the gifts I'm talking about that hung on a tree for you and me. These are the four gifts I want to speak about. There are four gifts. The first one is love. And I want, to, I want you to compare this this morning to, to the tree, to, to the gifts that is, um, that we received on this day. You need to turn it off, son. That whenever you begin to understand the power of this government, I want you this morning to compare to the governments of this world. I want you to understand that. The first one, the first gift that you must understand that no government in this earth can ever give you is love. Colossians 1.13 When Jesus came and when you get saved, He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. This was built in love. This is the greatest love story ever told. And this is the reason why the world can't fathom it. Because the world can never love the way Jesus did and understand the love of the Father. For God so loved the world that He gave. You see, let me, let me tell you about governments. I've been now, the last six, seven, eight months, just studying governments and communism and, 
and the United States and different presidents and where their thinking is and what it is. And I'm looking at all of these ideologies that, people, that they've got the people bent or living under. Here's the challenge with, with anybody, in, even in the South African government. My issue with these people is not so much that they are leaders. It's the fact that they don't have love. They don't love people. Let me say this. It's, it might be shocking for, for all of you. You need to understand that, that every single government you look at, they don't love people. They're only in there because of power. They want to control people, and there is only one government that can set you free. Because when, when love comes to town, everything that love touches, love changes. Somebody's going to hear me this morning. I'm going to preach better. Come on, you need to help me this morning. It's, it's, it's that man without God hasn't got the capacity to love. You don't have the capacity. You're incapable of loving anybody unless God drops His love on the inside of you. That's what Romans chapter 5 verse 5 says. God not only brings you into His kingdom that is, that is built on love and also functions out of love, He's got to give you His love. For the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. Because that aunties are going to come. You know that uncle that really irritates you around the table? And you're going to draw on the love of God to actually deal with that thing. Come on, somebody. There are some people that you know God loves everybody, but there are some people we just don't like. And you're going to have to draw on the love of God. Because God knew it. There is no way that you can love the way no one can love. There is not one religion. There is not one government. There's not one institution that can love you the way God loves you. Come on, somebody. He knows everything about you and His love for you never changes because this kingdom is built on love. It's not built upon your performance. It's not built upon how you're doing. It's built upon the love of God. Come on, somebody. Because when love comes to town, everything that love touches, love changes. If anybody understands the power of his love this morning. Oh my God, I thank you that God, he's, he doesn't have love. God is love. And his motive for sending his son is built upon the fact that God loves you. And God wants a, wanted a relationship with you. There are four L's that you must understand when you look at this dips that are on the tree. Because when you receive this king, he gives you everything to empower empower you to become all that He's called you to be. That's what love will do for you. When I think about the love and the goodness of the Lord, you must know when God touched me, I got born again and I knew my life was going nowhere and I, I just wanted to get out of debt and I wanted to didn't feel so bad anymore about myself. But then I remember one day, I spoke to my wife this week, I said, I remember why I do what I do. Because there was one day, I was at Bible college, we had the cars that was gone, and we had nothing, we couldn't even eat, I mean, we just used to worship, and just going through college, and trusting the Lord, and on a Saturday afternoon, normally we'd be watching soccer, and with the friends, or getting drunk at the race course, here I am on my knees, and all I'm doing is worshiping, I'm worshiping, and whew, love walked in. I never saw his face. I don't know how people, you know, God never gave me the grace to, I didn't know. I, you know, they say he's a white Jesus. I don't believe it. I think he's colored. And I'm worshiping. And I am worshiping. And I never saw his face. But I felt love like I've never felt love before. And I don't know how long I stayed there, and I wept. And after hours, when I'd gotten up and I went to my wife, I said, I want to go home to be with Jesus. She says, please don't pray to die now. I said, you know, don't understand. Once you've tasted the love of God, man, he conned me, man. He conned me with that love. He conned me with the anointing. Because all that we do, everything that I do personally, when I get up from where I am, when I get into trouble, when I feel like I'm not going anywhere, when I feel like I can't go another day, when I feel that I can't make it, I remember what love tasted like. I have tasted of the goodness of the Lord. 
all my life he's been faithful. And that's what gets me to get up one more time because when love comes to town, everything that love touches, love changes. You don't understand. I never came here for you. I came here because he called me to come and preach to you. I didn't come here for anyone else. Who wants to go through all of that? Who wants to give up businesses? Who wants to walk away from all that kind of lifestyle? Only love can touch you that way. And love can make you move Come on, somebody. Love made the decision to come down. People ask us, what's this extravagance? It comes to Christmas and there's gifts and there's dressing up and smelling good. Uh, by the way, you're looking good this morning. The point about that is that we love him because he first loved us. We do what we do because He touches you. And when He touches you, He changes you. I know when people pretend that they've, you know, they, they, I know you want to change, but you don't have the power to change. Everybody needs a God encounter. A one that where love comes and touches you. Because when you've tasted of the goodness of the Lord, all I want to do is serve Him. And you know when all is said and done, this is going to, all the crowns that we receive, all the testimony, we're going to lay it at the feet of Jesus. Because He is the, you're going to clap your hands this morning. Because He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. Everything that love touches, love changes. You need a fresh encounter. Somebody lift your hands and say, Lord, I need a fresh encounter. Glory be to God. Now hear me when I speak about love. A man's worth in society is not determined by his surroundings. Because if Jesus was born in a manger and it was a smelly surrounding, a man's worth in society is measured by his love for that society. That's why we worship him. That's why he came to lay his life down. And this extravagance of meals and gifts and all that we do is because of love. 1 John 4, 17, love has been perfected among us in that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There's no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. Any place you are fearful, go and ask the Lord, why is your love not perfected here? Why would you take a vaccination? Not knowing what's in it. Not being sick. What are you afraid of? When people say, oh, I'm afraid of flying. No, you're afraid of dying. Because when love is perfected, all fear is gone. All fear is gone. Somebody shout, no fear here. No, you say it fearful. Say no fear here. This is the problem with most people. Is because when I feel like I can't give because I have a fear of running out, ask yourself, why is love not perfected in your giving? If you are fearful of getting married and giving your, 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 your heart and opening up your life to a, a partner, ask yourself why. Love is not perfected. Because anytime love is perfected, when after that encounter with Jesus, I'm like, that's it. My life is over. You can't kill me because that Saturday, my life died in the presence of Almighty God. I'm not afraid of you. I'm not afraid of anything that the enemy can throw at us because everything is going to be all right. I got a feeling that everything is going to be all right. Can somebody shout and say, Lord, no fear here. The problem with most people is it's too much fear. 365 times in the Bible, do not fear. One for every single day of the year. Perfected love has no trace of fear. I'm never running out. Say that. I'm never running out because love lives here. I'm not going to stay in this condition because love lives here. 
Because whatever love touches, love changes. You're never going to be stuck another day in your life. Why? Because love lives here. Come on, put it here. Love is here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in you. Say, I'm, not, I'm never going to be stuck because... I have an answer because I know which way to go because I'm not afraid because because when love is perfected in your heart all fear is gone everything is going to be alright that disease can't take you out because if you if you don't tolerate fear whatever you fear you attract that's why Job says that the very thing I feared has come upon me and say no fear here. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights. There's no shadow of anything. I got to move forward because I'm fighting with your biryani and with your roast. And that's not a good thing for a pastor. Point number one is love. No government can love you. There is no organization that loves you. Don't ever believe the lie that they're making a vaccination because they care about you. It's for profit. I do not trust any one of them. Let me tell you why I'm preaching like this. Because I want government to be afraid of me. I'm going to give understanding and I want them to know I put you there and I can take you out of there. Merry Christmas, President Ramaphosa. Number two. Number two. First is love. That's a gift. If you don't, never open up that gift, you will always walk in fear. The second gift you must open that a government can never give you to is liberty. Governments are about control. They, they're living under a system that is built on lies and deception. Because if they must tell you the truth, you shall know the truth. And what's the truth going to do to you? They don't want you free. They want to control you. They want to control how, where you live. They want to control how much you get. They want to control what education you get. They want to control all. That's what governments do. Because they make it seem like you need them. The truth is that they don't have if you don't pay your taxes. I didn't say don't pay your taxes. I'm saying that that's the only way they can have money. They're not in business. They're collecting tax. That's what they do. Jesus, when you come into the kingdom, John 8, 43, why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able, able to listen to my word. You are the father of the devil and the desires of your father you want to do. Yes, he, he was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources for he's a liar and the father of it. The world can never give you the truth. I want to just tell you, you need to just celebrate the fact that the kingdom of God has come and the truth of God's word is here. Listen, listen to this man. This is, the, this is, this is Hitler's man that was, that was your ETV or CNN. Joseph Goebbels. He's a minister of propaganda for the Nazi German government of the Third Reich. Listen to what he says. If you tell a lie big enough and keep repeating it, people will eventually come to believe it. The lie can be maintained only for such time as the state can shield the people from the political, economic, or military consequences of the lie. It thus becomes vitally important for the state to use all of its powers to repress dissent, for the truth is the mortal enemy of the lie. And thus, by extension, the truth is the greatest enemy of the state. Only Jesus can set you free. Only He's going to tell you the truth about you. He's the one that knows everything about you and still will tell you the truth and tell you to get up from where you are. Tell you to go home. Go back to your father's house. Stop sleeping with the pigs. Don't treat your wife like that. Don't treat your husband like that. It's not the way to speak. What's he doing? He's setting you free, man. There's a real hunger in this generation for the truth. Jesus was the only leader. Show me one religious leader that, raised, that, that, that came through. That could claim, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. Not one. He says, not there is a way. He says, it's me. I am. Show me another leader across the globe. Are you going to take your salvation seriously now? 
Are you going to take the, this government seriously now? Because there's no government that loves you and there's no government that's going to set you free. I need to move on. They're making, they, they're not working for you. They're working for themselves. If you give me out 500 billion rand, the first people to eat from that pie are the leaders. Don't tell me you care about people. You come into the kingdom of God, the first thing that he did, he came to lay his life down. There's no other, I mean, what, what kind of leader will do that? Every other kingdom and every other king, you've got to die for the king. This king came to die for you. Can somebody praise the Lord this morning? Because only free people can free people. This kingdom is a tax-free zone. I don't care if you have been in bondage financially. There's a breakthrough coming for somebody this morning. I don't care if it is relational. I don't care if it is physical. And I don't care if it is even religious. He came to set the captives free. Can somebody who is free in the Lord this morning just shout, I've got to move on this morning. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Remember that everything about this world system, it's about control. It's for this reason that the Son of Man was made manifest, was to undo the work of the wicked one. He came to break the system that you were living under. Liberty, freedom, i got to move. Number three is light. Love, liberty, light. There was a man sent from John 1, John 1, 6. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light. That all through him might believe. He was not that light. But he was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. John 8, 12. Then Jesus spoke to them again saying, I am the light of the world. Governments can't give you light. What's light? It's revelation. Their whole education system is built upon take Jesus out. So what do you think they're teaching you? There's no light in their teaching. There's no pr praying and even praying. We, as when we grew up, at least in assembly, we could pray the Our Father. And ask, Lord, we might not know everything, but at least let your kingdom come and your will be done here. Yeah? Let there be some light in this. In, no wonder the, the, the schools are in such a mess and governments are in a mess. But not one of them are running to the king of kings and actually finding out God's blueprint for government. I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. 1 John 1 verse 5. Here's our message. 1 John 1 verse 5. This is the message. Everybody say this is the message which we've heard from him and declared to you that God is light. He is love and he is light. And in him is no darkness at all. When we came into the kingdom, the, you know the Bible says in the book of, of Ephesians, it doesn't say that you once, were, you once were in darkness. It doesn't say that. It says once you were darkness. The lights were out. And it was, the lights were out in you. That's why you did what you did. Joy to the world, man. Because I'm telling you, I was so convinced that I was right. Until God turned on the light and said, me, open up your eyes to show you how wicked you are. To show you how full of pride you are. To show you how useless you are. To show you how, how messed up you are. To show Moses how long are you going to hold on to that staff for 40 years. God's going to turn on the light. He's going to have an encounter with the bush, a burning bush. So that Moses can look at the snake in his hand, a system that he held on to. And many of you are still not, you are holding on to your jobs and holding on to it. You haven't prayed like you need to pray. I'm asking God to turn on the light in your life. Hallelujah. Come on, where, where, where are you? The, the, you know, those that used to go to the nightclubs before and, you know, 
old school. He's like, Teddy Pendergrass, turn off the lights. We wanted it darker and darker. But when you came into the kingdom of God, it must get lighter and lighter. You were supposed to walk in victory all the days of your life. You were not supposed to back down from any battle. Because when God turns on the light and shows you who this enemy really is, all things are under your feet. I need somebody just to praise the Lord a bit this morning. They're rushing me. I'm telling you, the, the movement here is a roast in the oven. That's what it is. Pastor Michelle, them drive out this afternoon on a holiday. So it's like, it's just, just, let's get done with this. Here's my final one, life. 1 John 5, 11. And here is, and here the testimony. You got, you got it, guys? 1 John 5, 11. If you're there. And the testimony is this, that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his son. I don't know what you're looking for. I stopped looking. We found life, man. Because this is our testimony. This is my story. This is how it goes, son. This is my story. This is my song Praising my Savior All the day long This is my story This is my song Woo! This is our testimony. Come on, sing. This is my story. Woo! This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. In this world, no government can give you love, can give you light, can give you liberty, and give you life. There is not one government, there is not one religion that has delivered, promised, and delivered like Christ did. You're going to have to bless Him this morning. He is your life. For the life that I now live, I live in faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The thief only comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and life in abundance to the full until it overflows. How can you say that you're alone when love lives with you? How can you say you don't know which way to go when light is in you? How can you say that you can't give when love is on the inside of you? How can you speak about death when life is inside of you? How can you speak about bondage when liberty is all around you? Where the Spirit of the Lord is there is freedom. There is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is. Where the Spirit of the Lord is. Until you open up those gifts, you will remain in bondage. 
I don't care what comes under the tree. I don't care even if it's a Mercedes Benz under the tree. If you don't have those, those gifts that's on the tree, you will always walk in bondage. You will be looking out to protect your own car. Keep going out. I must protect my stuff. When love lives there, rest easy, man. Rest easy. Love's got this. Shout, everything's going to be all right. Those are the four gifts. Let me end with this. <laughs> so the Lord gives me for you. Listen now. Listen how amazing this day is. We vote to put earthly governments in power and in charge. But heaven's government voted for you to put you in charge. No, you're not hearing me. You don't get to vote who's king. Because in kingdoms, there's no vote. You're born into royalty. But when you get born again, he says, I chose you that you might go and produce fruit. You are a chosen generation. I need somebody to begin to praise the Lord. But 1 Peter 2, 9, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I needed somebody to praise him. I need somebody to give him glory. I need somebody to lift up their voice. You are supposed to proclaim his praises. You are supposed to proclaim his praises. You were supposed to praise Him. You were supposed to magnify Him. Oh, sha ha ha ha. You are chosen. Governments of this world is not in charge because the earth is whose and all its fullness the world and those who live in it this is God's planet I just want to lift up my shoulders a little bit and just knock it back a bit because this is my daddy's stuff <laughs> this is my father's planet and he made you to have dominion over all the works of his hands. I am telling you, listen to me what I'm saying to you for the next 10 years. In fact, it's, it's rolling out. It's going to get stronger. The start is going to be the next year and it's going to get stronger. But listen to what I'm saying to you. There are people, especially from this kingdom of light, they begin to understand who they are. And they're going to start to shift governments. Because when the righteous are in authority, they don't take bribes from WHO. They don't get controlled by other people because they're submitted to Almighty God. Here's what the Lord gave me. He said, son, 2,000 years ago when I showed them the star in the east, I showed them in the heavenlies that grace was entering in I showed them grace. I sent my power and I did what I did through my son. What you saw in the heavenlies and the shift that's taking place, I'm now doing through my sons. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand and it gives light into all the house. You got to hear me nicely this morning. As you sit around that table, you can't tell me that you're lonely and you can't tell me you got no light. Anybody miserable around that table, it should not be you. 
You have the joy of the Lord. Come on, somebody. Joy to the world. The Lord says alignments for assignments are taking place. There is a move of God throughout the earth. There's a roar against the world and its corrupt systems. This is one Christmas. The real sons and daughters are going to start to celebrate and rejoice. Online, I want you to begin to praise the Lord right now. Come on. Because everything love touches, love changes. You are sons of light. And here's what the Lord is saying. Go ahead this season. Go and touch a broken world. Go and let them know about my love. Because you are a son and daughter of the Most High God. Let them know that there's an answer. Stop walking around like you're hopeless. You have the light on the inside of you. You have the love of God on the inside of you. You have the life of God on the inside of you. You have liberty on the inside of you. You are not defined by the gift you received under the Christmas tree. You are defined by the gift that hung on a tree. His name is Jesus. I got to end. I got to end. I got to end. Let's wrap this one up. 1 John 2.15 Hear me children of God. Anytime you find somebody who is stuck in sin and struggling with worldly issues, read with me. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love not for the Father, not for, not God, I need to love you more. No, no, no. You need to express your love to me more and more. It's not the love for the Father, it's the love of the Father is not in them. So you don't tell them, don't do it. You a sinner. You bad. You bad. That's not what Jesus came to do. He came to drop in the love of the Father. That when He loves on you and you've tasted of the goodness of the Lord, you, it'll change you. Because whatever love touches, love changes. The problem for the world is the love of the Father, not the love for the Father. I'm done. For the kingdom of God is not meat or drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Ephesians 3, 14 is my prayer for you. So I kneel, lift your hands, and I pray that He would unveil within you the unlimited riches of His glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with His divine might and explosive power. Then by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside you and the resting place of His love will become the very source and root of your life. And all God's people said, It's not under the tree. It's on the tree. Clap your hands one more time for the one who died for you. The one who saved you.